What's up, folks? Welcome to another edition of Matt Sports House. I'm your host, Matthew Anderson. Got a great episode prepared for you all. Solid college football playoff is finally here. We've been kind of talking about it little by little every week, but this is officially game week. Got our analysts back on, one of our the top guys. One of the top guys, I got like five people. One of the guys that have been coming home for the longest. Sterling, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. Finally on some got, – got a break, so it's all right. Yeah, yeah, I was because y'all know we've had Thomas and Raekwon on recently, and I was like, college ball playoffs. It'd be good to have another person's perspective on too. So I was happy to have Sterling. I guess I should say your last name. So I'm calling you analyst. Sterling Harris back on his full government <laughs> name. Uh, but without further ado, welcome to the sports house. Open up the champagne, pop. It's my house. Come on, turn it up. Uh. Hear a knock on the door when the night be. Cause we've done this before, so you come on in. Make yourself at my home, tell me where you've been. Pour yourself something cold, baby, cheers to this. Sometimes you gotta stay in, and you know where I live. Yeah, you know what we is. Sometimes you gotta stay in. All right, Sterling. So it's finally here. Uh, we'd love to hear your Ooh. takes on this. We got Cincinnati versus Alabama. I'm pretty sure that game is going to be in Dallas. Yeah, because I think they said Dallas. Alabama just touched down in Dallas. Uh, you got what Sauce Gardner versus Jamison Williams. Get to see what um, the Heisman Trophy winning quarterback from Alabama can do in this ba- in this game. What are you kind of expecting? I'm expecting uh, an all-out war. <laughs> People might think Bama's gonna roll, you know, roll through Cincinnati. I, I'm not so sure about this. Um, it's gonna be interesting, uh, given that Bama. I understand what they did to Georgia, and people were, you know, very sh- shocked in a way in terms of how badly they beat Georgia. But in reality, this is gonna be the best secondary that Bama's seen all year in Cincinnati, which is gonna, you know, prove. I think, you know, people gonna see that early in this game. Um, the experience, the talent level that Cincinnati does have on the back end could give Bama a lot of issues at receiver. And then when it comes to the run game, um, they just have to plug and they have to just play hard and feel. <laughs> if they can do that up front and their guys in the back end can uh, cover the way I expect them to, and Cincinnati's going to be in this game. And then on, other, on the flip side of it, um, Desmond Ritter going to have to just be a veteran seasoned vet and uh, take care of the football and not let people like Will Anderson get to him. So uh, it should be very interesting, but uh, I expect a, a very, I expect a tight game, a tight ball game. Things will be, be better than people expect. Okay. You mentioned Will Anderson. A lot of people were thinking that he should have been up for the Heisman when you compared his number to uh, what was the guy's name in Michigan? That would end up being uh, Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on Anderson? I think he's very under, actually, I'm not going to call him underrated because he's really great. And he won a lot of awards, but he should have been, in New York for the Heisman ceremony. There's no reason why they couldn't have added him to that ballot and had him at least up there for the ceremony if they if they put Aiden Hutchinson up there. Um, <laughs> and we we have to go to the comparison of the numbers and even thinking about who plays in which conference and to have what numbers. It, it's just <laughs> it's just really kind of baffling that he wasn't even in the ceremony um, to begin with. But uh, he's I mean he's a great player. He does a lot of things for Bama. Um, great pass rusher great he's great in stunts in terms of come you know twists and turns that they do um he can bend really well around edges and really give offensive alignment fits and then he's really good in the run game I mean he's a complete player 
uh, really, really great player, and he helps that Bama defense out a lot. A defense that we really, um, I guess, really outside of Jordan Battle in the back end, you know, you really don't know the other guys that's kind of on that that Bama defense, really, like we used to in years where we know, like, they have a dude at linebacker, they have another dude at cornerback, yeah. kind of like Jordan Battle and Will Anderson, but those guys are kind of, you know, they let the other guys play, and as long as they don't mess up too badly, they're going to be fine because, you know, Nick Saban's a head coach. So, <laughs> it really and doesn't speak, matter anymore. And speaking of his numbers, he had 15.5 sacks this year and 91 tackles. And, and I forgot I had the number. The tackles for loss number was amazing, too. So, a huge year for Will Anderson. He comes out of Hampton, Georgia, only 20 years old. So, that's kind of crazy. Uh, do you see that? So, you said that you do see that Cincinnati has a really good back end of the defense. You think Bryce Young, with his ability to be able to kind of be mobile, will help Alabama a lot in this game, especially with John Mitch? Is it John Mechie or John Michi? Mechie. Yeah, John Mechie being out. So it's kind of be all on Jameson. So do you give Alabama that uh, advantage or do you give that back end of Cincinnati? I'm going to have to go with Cincinnati, and I'm only going there because of their experience. Like, one of the reasons why I was feeling like Georgia should have had a – you know, I thought it would play better because this is their oldest team. Yeah. Yeah, like, you know, it's like Bama's really a team full of young guys. <laughs> this is a really young Bama team to be playing as well, and it's like one of the things is like, man, you feel like at one point they're going to run into a veteran team that is just um, savvy enough to play with them, even they don't have maybe necessarily the talent as, as big a talent with them. They're, they're savvy enough and smart enough and have been in enough situations where they can play with them and give them fits. And I feel like this Cincinnati secondary, as opposed to Georgia secondary, which has been questionable all year, but that front seven for Georgia was so great. This is on the flip side. It's like, now this is a really great secondary and Cincinnati up front can't play. They're a good. They're a really good football team. So it just kind of depends um, in terms of how they perform. And I think they can give, I think they can give Bryce some, some fits for real. Um, and even with his, you know, his legs, they're not as big as Georgia up front. Um, so it's almost like their line play maybe can contain them a little better because they don't rely on being as big in the interior as maybe Georgia. Oh, yeah. a little more, they, they got a little more flexibility in terms of matchup-wise and getting to the sideline, sideline. So it, it might be – it's going to be very interesting, I think. I think it'll be a very interesting game and, and very tight. Give me your pick. <sighs> I'm not – ah, it's tough. Because a part of a part of me really, really do feel like Cincinnati, you know, a team full of old guys that came back, want to make a statement, felt disrespected all year because it took everything for them to get the four slot. Yeah, yeah. It took absolutely everything for them to get this four slot. Um, despite everything they did, you know, at the end of last year playing tooth and nail with Georgia and going undefeated this year, and it still took you know, Ohio State losing to Michigan and and Notre Dame um, coach leaving and losing and just it, well they beat Notre Dame for one, but even then they they had them right there next to them as if this going to jump them. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. You know, it took all of this for them to get to this moment. And I really, really, really just you know just feel like Desmond Ritter is going to put on a performance that we don't we don't see coming. Like it's just one of them. He's, he's sick and tired of the performances, and he's like, hey man. <laughs> I, I can play too, but I can't. I can't bet against Nick Saban. <laughs> I, just I, just I just can't do it. I, I have to. I have to watch it happen with my own two eyes. But I would. But I would say this: I would not be surprised at all if Cincinnati wins this game. I just can't make the official bet against Nick Saban. But I would not be surprised at all if Cincinnati comes out here and they give Bama a run and 
late in that game, all it takes is one mistake, and Cincinnati messes around and pulls it out. <laughs> I would not be surprised at all if that if that occurs. So, if that would, be a good, wait, what'd you say? I just think it would be a really good game. I just can't pick against Bama. I can't pick against Saban. It just I can't do it. If Alabama's fully loaded. I give them. I would say they win by twenty one. But because they're not fully loaded, I say somewhere between ten and fourteen. Alabama takes win. Who do you are you really high on Sauce Gardner as well? Or yeah, they, I think he, he. I think um, it's weird because you know people haven't seen much of him. I think he's yeah. a really, really, really good cornerback, and he's like one of those dudes that kind of just takes what the offense gives him. And the knock against him right now is kind of like, well, they don't know if he's gone against a receiver that can give him, you know, legitimate issues. So we'll see how he does against Jameson. But I'm sure that with Mechie being out, that Cincinnati's D coordinator wouldn't be, you know, crazy enough to leave him out there on the island. But I'm sure he'll have some help. Um, and, and I think he's one of those smart players that understands leverage, will understand when to break, where his help is. So that will be to his advantage in this game, in this type of game. And I'll probably show his intelligence and help him out and just prove how good of a corner he is, really. So Yeah, um, and, he's a, and he's a taller guy, too, so that will help him as well so he can match up. I think him and Jameson might be about the same size. Yeah, so Jameson is a speed hitter. But we're going to keep moving there. We got Georgia, Michigan. I kind of like kind of think about this game as like best on best. And because you got that Georgia run game with Hassan Haskins and those guys versus that Michigan, uh, wait, back. You got <laughs> yeah, that yeah. Michigan run game with Hassan <laughs> Haskins and that yeah. offensive line, that Michigan offensive line that you feel like you knew back back in the day whenever you used to play the NCAA video game versus mm-hmm. that Georgia front seven. Uh, who do you kind of give a high a uh, uh, higher up to? Uh, Man, I'm not gonna lie to you. Coming into this year, I've been, I'll say to all y'all, I was like, man, Georgia's going to be my, my college football playoff uh, winner. Yeah. I said it's be national champions. But something's just telling me Michigan's going to win this game. Wow. I don't know. I don't know what exactly it is. I don't know if it's – I don't know if it's seeing the way Michigan has kind of caught – I've seen Michigan catch fire before. We've seen teams catch fire before. But it seemed like – Leading up to that Ohio State game and beating Ohio State the way they beat them. Yeah. And then going into the Big Ten Championship and dominating the Big Ten Championship the way they dominated the Big Ten. They have caught white hot. They're feeling extremely confident. They're feeling probably like they're the most physical team in the playoff right now, which helps in going against a team like Georgia, who is you know, one of the most physical teams in the, in the nation as well. And Hassan Haskins is really great. Their quarterback isn't turning the ball over the way he was earlier in the season, which made some of their games closer. Um, and defensively, they've just been playing stout. Now, Georgia, on the other hand, is coming off a very bad loss. I think that they have a really bad taste in their mouth. So it's almost like, is the team going to stay that's hot going to stay hot and has been consistent? Or the team that just, you know, had a disappointing loss going to climb and, and rise the bar? I mean, raise the bar and, and step up to the challenge. I don't really know. It, but something about Michigan is just they give me this feeling like they're, they're going to win this game and it's going to look like, you know, Kirby's going to miss out on another championship because he can't figure out who wants to play a quarterback. You know, I don't think they can win with Stetson Bennett. And the um, other guy has COVID, right? Yeah, JT Daniels, I don't think he's going to play. So, yeah. you know, my, my whole thing with Georgia was at some point, JT Daniels was going to end up stepping in and he's going to open up that offense because he could truly push the ball down the field as opposed to Stetson, who, you know, he's a great game manager. He's going to put you in positions to win, but he can't, he can't stress a defense. 
Yeah. And since in Georgia always is always, you know, there's almost like they're always missing a receiver somewhere. <laughs> they, <laughs> you know, Pickens will get hurt or they just don't have enough weapons to where they can truly threaten the team. And then, you know, with the running game, the teams going to just load the box and say we're going to play man on the outside. And that's kind of what Michigan ended up doing with Ohio State does like, we're going to load this thing. We're going to just play uh, our guys versus your guys outside and feel comfortable. And they let, yeah. you know, they let Garrett and um a lot of get theirs at times, but they didn't, you know, they didn't get be able to the two big bad ones. You know what I'm saying? Like Ohio State came back into that game, but Michigan was able to hold them off, of course, with that running game they got. And it's just I don't know, man. Georgia just they just they seem to be falling apart again. Like it seems to be happening again. <laughs> like they some at some point in time they just end up falling apart somewhere along the road, whether it's injuries and I guess this year with COVID with JT, because I just don't see it happening with Stetson. That's just I don't see it happening with Stetson. So. Yeah, I was thinking, I was like, in order for Georgia to win this game, obviously their front seven have to play well. And I'm pretty sure Kirby Smart's gonna, Kirby Smart's going to have that front seven ready to go. But yeah. James Cook needs to have a big day, which means the offensive line needs to play well. And hopefully they can get the ball to him a little bit in the, uh, out the backfield. When they do that, it kind of opens up the receivers. Uh, but hopefully Burton has a big day. I think Pickens will play, but I don't know where he stands. This is kind of a weird time to come back in the mix yeah. and playoff. And, it's you know, really tough. and Michigan got like it's not like Michigan don't have no guys out there. Like, they got some guys out there, so we'll see what happens. I'm picking Georgia. I predict that Kirby Smart's going to have them guys ready to go. We've heard a little bit of the the audio clippings whenever Kirby's kind of getting at his guys. Like, what do y'all think this is? This is Georgia football. So going. <laughs> I and that tight end from Georgia is amazing, man. Yeah, he, he's really good. And he's a freshman too, which is uh, he reminds me of those Big Ten tight ends that kind of come out. It's like big white boys catch the ball, <laughs> love to block, yeah. you know. It's just I and it's weird because like I really been like man Georgia defense is just too good they're gonna they're gonna end up carrying them to the championship and then I was always expect my whole expectation was that JT's gonna step in at some point but I don't know if JT's gonna play so if I don't know if JT's I gotta go with Michigan if I know if JT's gonna play I just can't I, like I I can't pick Georgia if or at least to win the whole thing if it's gonna be Stetson I just you know I, <laughs> that's hard to do that's hard, hard to do that because it's like JT was the guy that was brought from the University of Southern Cal. That was a highly touted guy. He's supposed to come to yeah. Georgia, be the next, you know, Aaron Murray. You know, all those guys they have and fit the script. But he's just been, it's been injury after injury after something. <laughs> it's like every week, I feel like the Georgia fans are more in tune. But every week, like uh, people who follow other teams, like when you watch the Georgia, it's like, why is he not out there yet? Yeah. And then it's like they just kept winning. So it's like it kind of worked itself out. But yeah, I get you saying it's hard to bet your money on Stetson. But, uh, <laughs> he's a good player. Like I don't, I don't mean to sound mean. Like, he's a really good player, but I just know he's not. He's not stressing the defenses the way he's going to have to for them to be able to win those type of ball games. Yeah, and keep up points wise with the teams he's going to beat. Like let's say he does have to play against Bama again. They're not outscoring Bama. It's, it's not Bama would rather shoot out with Georgia than you know sit here and have a different they they rather say, all right, we'll go shot for shot with you. At some point you're gonna miss a throw, you know. <laughs> so it, and when you miss, our DBs will catch it. But yeah. uh but uh yeah, so that'll be interesting to watch. We do have to mention my Buckeyes who should be in the playoff. We could have beat Michigan. Anyway, we're not gonna go into that. We got Utah, who's the number 10 team in the country on New Year's Day. It's really hard to, you know, I'm going with the Buckeyes all day, but it's really hard to predict this game because we don't know if Garrett Wilson are playing or Chris Olave are playing. Like, they've kept it really tight to their chest about if these guys are playing. And so I know they arrived in, was it, in California, but they haven't announced who arrived and stuff. So I don't know. 
uh, we'll see what happens with those guys. I'm going Buckeyes by a thousand in the granddaddy of them all, uh, the Rose Bowl. That'll be your New Year's Day game. You already know who'll be going to the national championship game. So we're just trying to get the Rose and keep them pushing. <laughs> uh, also, we got Clemson playing Iowa State, the Cyclones, in yeah. the Cheez It Bowl on the 29th, 545. Uh, did that want to mention this little fact right here? Because I'm sure most people listening to this ain't really been paying too much attention to Iowa State. Uh, Iowa State last year, not this season, but last year had the best record in the Big 12. They barely lost to Oklahoma and Baylor, and and Baylor was a Big 12 champ. And their star running back, Brees Hill, will not play because he prepares for the NFL draft. And you know the Tigers, DJ still trying to kind of figure this thing out. I think this is a, not a statement for a game for him, but he's just trying to get back on the right path before my guy Cade Klubnick comes out from Texas. You heard anything about Cade? I have not. That's my A, hey, five-star, I'm calling I know out. he's really good. And I know it's looking like they, they're trying to almost nudge DJ out the door. but Yeah, so DJ's about to have a great spring. Because the guys, I think he's an early enrollee, so he might already be on campus. But have you been, have you paid any attention to Iowa State or are you just going to go ahead and go, kind of go blindly here with the Tigers? No, nah, I'm going Iowa State. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going Iowa State. What? Uh, are you crazy? I'm not going to lie to you. I watched, uh, I watched Clemson's, um, I watched the press, you know, some of the interviews with the new guys they've hired for their offensive defense coordinators. And I'm sorry, they're not Tony Elliott and they're not Brent Venables. And with Clemson's, um, the fish, I'm not going to say issues because they still, you know, they won nine games. They're still yeah, nine and three. Yeah. Still not, they still won nine games. That's still with Tony Elliott and Brendan Venables. Um, they don't have those guys coaching them anymore. And truthfully, I don't know about these new guys. I have to watch it happen. Yeah. <laughs> but I, watched the inter- I watched some of their interviews from after they got hired. And I'm just not, I'm not really, I'm not feeling them, man. Like <laughs> They've been promoted from within. They're not the big hires. They, know, they sat but- on your Brent. They sat under Tony. It's their time to shine. It's the same schemes. I mean, they might make a little scheme. Like they might put their little twist. What happened last year? Tony, you could tell which you could tell which part of the halves Tony schemed up versus Ohio State, and then what the rest of the game looked like. So, yeah. <laughs> and so you really, so you're not a fan of those guys. And since they'll be calling this game, you don't think the Tigers better pull it out? Is that what you're saying? I'm not. I'm not saying I'm not a fan of those guys, but they're not Tony Elliott. They're not Brett Venables. And Iowa State's a very complete team with a great coaching staff. So I'm picking Iowa State. <laughs> Going to Iowa State, you think it's a close they, one? They, they seem to have their identity throughout the year. Yes, they didn't win the Big 12, but they won a lot of big games. Um, Clemson, I feel like throughout the year, kind of still th- game to game, was trying to figure out exactly what they wanted to do offensively. Um, defensively, they struggle with covering in the secondary and that linebacker. Um, they're not as fast at linebacker as they was when they could use Isaiah Simmons and bring him down and basically make him a hybrid. Um, their defensive line isn't as dominant as it once was, even though they have Xavier Thomas and Miles Murphy uh, with uh, Brissy being out. I think Tyler Davis on that defensive line, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but it's, it's still like you brought in Miles Murphy to be with Brian Brzee. He's not there. Um, they just haven't been – they haven't been that dominant defensive line to help shade the bad linebacker coverage or <laughs> – and, you know, not so as good secondary coverage that they've usually had. So that's why I'm – I believe Iowa State should win this game. I think they will win this game. So, look, look here. It's going to be interesting to see if Will Shipley and those guys, the running backs for the Tigers, can have a big day. If that offensive line can get a push, because I think if there is one thing Clemson could do well at times is have that physical play on the offensive line. If they can get that, get those running backs going, 
feel like they have a chance. Clemson's had a lot of guys, like a lot of schools, leave for the portal. So um, we'll see. Like I think I said before, the running back, Lynn J. Dixon, I'm pretty sure he is heading to Morgantown, West Virginia, if I'm not mistaken. So we'll see about that. I've uh, also decommitting from Clemson's defense and heading to Oklahoma, or at least not staying at Clemson no more because Venables is gone. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see what goes on with that. Yeah, so we'll see what goes on there. And uh, that game, once again, hold on, I got it right here. That game will be on the 29th. That's 545 on Wednesday. It'll be in Orlando, Florida. Going to keep on coming in the south, technically. I guess we'll go south or north because Florida is so. <laughs> anyway, we're going to talk about the South Carolina. Well, Sterling can only talk so much about South Carolina <laughs> for insider reasons. So uh, South Carolina <laughs> plays North Carolina. This game is December 30th, 11 a.m. in Charlotte. Uh, Zab Nolan will be the starting quarterback for South Carolina. Do you no, dang it, I can't even ask you that. Honestly, I don't care. Uh, Zab Nolan will be the starter. Sam Howell on the opposite sideline. Sam came into this season with a lot of hype or whatnot. It just hasn't really kind of worked its way out. I'm gonna go ahead. I don't know. It's so funny because I think a lot of South Carolina fans, and I can say this, are kind of on something like right now. It's like, okay, hopefully win this game. It'd be great to cap off the year with a win in the bowl game. But everybody's ready to see Spencer Rattler. So it's like, <laughs> let's get through this win, lose, or draw. At the spring game, we'll see the boy from. Uh, we know he's from Arizona, but he went to Oklahoma. Ready to see him get down to town. That brother right there is going to walk through this campus. And I don't know if he's going to have online classes or what, but this man going to walk through campus. And he's just going to be like, wow, because South Carolina just isn't used to having uh, such a prominent quarterback. Uh, can, can you give your thoughts on that, Sterling? If he goes to the girls' basketball game, he'll see plenty of people. Because if people go to those games, yeah, now, that's the best team on campus. So, you know. <laughs> I'm pretty sure now, thinking about it, he probably will attend one of those. And He's then, you know, the, what'd you say? He's going to have to. It's going to be, a, it's a tradition at this point. I mean, that's the best, I mean, it's the best show on campus. The USC girls basketball is the best show in the nation in South Carolina. So, I mean, it's, he's going to have to, he's going to have to get with the program and, and attend those girls basketball games. That's all he's going to have to. And then they'll call him probably at a timeout to the middle of the court. The fans will erupt. They, they like, might put a little, you know, they might little put a little camera on them, maybe. Maybe, hey, maybe get the graphics team to do the little video thing of him from George. You know, it's going to be a- Him and uh, the tight end, you know. So, I mean, they both they both some good players. So, we'll see you, what happens. Okay, do you know anything about that tight end? Uh, He's big. He's, he can run. <laughs> and he can catch. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's not as far as I would go. Because <laughs> I think a lot of times when we think of tight ends coming from Oklahoma, we think of uh Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews, yeah. And so I was wondering, and his name is Austin Stogner. He's the one that was coming with him. That was a very prominent time. I know uh, Beamer was extremely happy. I think that got a lot of attention on the South Carolina program. And there's definitely a lot of hype coming into next season. So like I said, I think a lot of South Carolina fans are like, okay, hopefully win this game. We don't win it. I ain't going to be too mad. But look at next year, the spring game, everybody will be out there. So it should be fun. going to be on the back burner of everybody's minds. They're not going <laughs> to. They're just happy to be at the game. <laughs> yeah, you had to be in a bowl game in Charlotte. I was about to say, 11 a.m., that's early, too. But So we'll yeah, see what happens with that. That's, that's trifling, 11.30 kick. That's, that is ridiculous. That's how it feels like in Texas. You know, Texas, our noon kickoffs are 11 o'clock in Texas. So I guess yeah. that's like on some Texas stuff. That's the Pac-12. That's the Pac-12 complaints about everything going on with life. <laughs> they playing games at 9 a.m. <laughs> that's crazy. And you wonder why there ain't no fans out there. It's like you can't even tell you're like a biscuit and go to the game. It's just weird. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah. Kansas giving out free tickets because of stuff like this, man. <laughs> <laughs> Got all this, Miles. 
Oh, we're no. gonna keep moving. <laughs> to just want to just quickly hint on this: the Cowboys got the huge win, final score fifty-six to fourteen. Had the Washington football players beating each other up on the sidelines. <laughs> also, Trayvon Diggs, eleventh interception. What are your thoughts on Trayvon Diggs? Uh, I get a lot of Marcus Peters vibes. Okay. Slightly better. Slightly, I, I'd say he's better than Marcus Peters. Well, not not better, but he he would be a Marcus Peters type player, but better than Marcus Peters. Yeah. I don't. I still see like he's an opportunistic player, mm-hmm. has great um talent, um, seems to be one of those like uh mm-hmm. cookie monster type of guys. Like the ball's in the area, he might get his hands on it, but I still don't see him in that category with Jalen, Jair, Marshawn. Um, maybe even maybe not even Denzel Ward, you know, in that type of scenario. So, but he's a really great player, though. I mean, he's a really he's really done well in his in year two. Um, so that's good for him. But that's just kind of how I see him right now. I still see him kind of like Marcus Peters esque, but a better version of it. So, gotcha. And since you mentioned we're gonna keep moving here, you mentioned uh. Uh, Jalen Ramsey did kind of want to talk here really quickly about the Rams really Odell Beckham specifically the Rams did get the win over the Vikings with the final score of 30-23 why do you think that uh, now it seems like every week you turn on the television and Odell Beckham is catching the touchdown what do you think is the difference between him with that Rams team and him with the Browns well Baker Mayfield doesn't exist so that's one um (laughs) that's that's a big that's a big one uh, Mr. Mr. <laughs> I hate to do this because it's, it's kind of funny, but <laughs> Steve May used to say it. it. It was funny at first. It is like, why wow, does it make sense? But he's on every commercial, but he ain't doing nothing on the field. <laughs> that's that's yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, quarterbacks matter. I mean, you're, you're getting thrown the ball. You're, for one, you're not playing with a guy in Baker Mayfield that head is probably bigger than his actual talent. Um, Matthew Stafford um understands like what it's like to have a really great receiver he played with Calvin Johnson for a little bit so he knows like I gotta get if I gotta get somebody ball get the ball um also I think you can see in the first couple of weeks like after the first couple games when he wasn't really doing much you know still trying to get acclimated from those points going forward you can see there was a conscious effort from McVay and I think you can see it in the game plan in terms of getting him in one-on-ones and situations where they can give him the ball, but it makes sense within what they're doing in the game plan. Like um, a lot of, it's usually a lot of like, all right, we got to score a touchdown. Let's get Odell in a one-on-one and let him, and let him go to work and throw him the ball. Right. Like lat, like, so yesterday um, he beats Dantzler on the little um, face inside, a little uh, outside route, outbreaking route he did um, in the end zone. When it was when they played Jacksonville, they said, "Oh, they'll just run a fade. We're gonna give you, we'll give you a shot." <laughs> um, when they played Arizona, same thing. Kind of just get him in a situation where he can get the where if they were in the goal line. We got a score. We're getting it to Odell. You know, it's just you can just see they're just making a natural conscious effort to get him the ball. But in moments where it makes sense, where like with Cleveland, it just kind of felt like um, if they didn't get him on a deep shot, that was the last we're gonna see of him for the rest of the drive. Or or even or even not even that. They just the way LA just makes it easy to get him the ball, use them on crossers, like quick little access routes, like just like just have them cross, get him the drag, hit him on a um quick little screen here, like just quick slants here, just get him, just getting them the ball, you know, within what they do. Where Cleveland it felt like there was run, 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 and then all right, Baker, just the one play action where no matter what you're gonna throw the Odell, yeah, and then that's the one time you know where he beats the guy, but Baker overshoots him, and then they never go back to him. They 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 almost start to turn Odell into a um as if he was just a Ted Ginn-ish deep threat yeah, <laughs> that they yeah. twice, twice every four or five drives where 
you know, Los Angeles use him as an actual receiver um, and then using them, you know, use them in good opportunities when they're near the goal line to, to score touchdowns. And that's what he's been doing for the last like four games. So. And it just seems like he's at a happier place and he's really loving it out there. Seems like he got his own video staff out there. You see the like, little <laughs> LA is so Odell doesn't make any sense. I remember, I think a couple of years back, he was like, send me to the 49ers. I think this is whenever, might've been with the Giants at the time. Uh, it was like, send me to the 49ers. I was like, the 49ers have been good. And you know, but they got all that talent out there now, but LA, the Rams is exactly where he needs to be. And I'll say at first, when, when I was first thinking about where he should go, at first I was like, I don't know about LA. But then Robert Woods got hurt. So, I mean. <laughs> it was perfect timing. Like, you yeah. couldn't call it, but it was perfect timing. It was just, at first I was like, nah, I don't know about L.A., man. You know, they got, they, they're good enough. They might need to improve elsewhere. But then, you know, he comes in, and I guess they wanted to get richer, and then Robert Woods get hurt. So, it almost works out in a way. It was like, well, you lose Robert Woods, but you got Odell. So, as long as you can figure out how to give him the ball, you'll be in good shape. And as long as Stafford can just not, you know, throw interceptions. Yeah, they have, they have a chance in pretty much every game. It seems like the Cardinals aren't really playing the best right now, too. So, and the Seattle's is out of it this year. So uh oh, this coming with Arizona though. What'd you say? This is the Cliff Kingsbury special. Come on, late in the year. What you expect Arizona? You thought you thought it was about to ascend? Oh no, it's time for them to start descending. And then DeAndre's out. They clinched their <laughs> playoff thing, but DeAndre's out, JJ's out for the year. So uh I tell you what, dude, that dog on Buddha Baker plays with so much energy. That brother yeah. they'll be jumping and going to making the sack, then he's at the back end catching interception. Like Buddha Baker man. plays with an exceptional amount of energy. Buddha might need to ask for a raise. <laughs> he, got, he got that contract like what two years ago? I remember because he was like the high, one of the highest paid safeties when he originally got it. But yeah, I mean, they're getting all the money out of the firm. Like he's getting the production necessary for that contract. Yeah. And uh, real quickly too, uh, just want to ask you what because Cooper Cup's been having a great year: 132 yes. receptions, 1,734 yards, 14 touchdowns. I think he went for in this game. He went 10, 10 catches for 109 yards. What makes him so good? He just understands the game. Like when you like it's it's it sounds crazy. Well, not that's not crazy, but it sounds so like bland. But like if I literally say, like, if I just understand the game, the game is so easy. Like when he explained um to that one reporter when he scored that touchdown, he was like, Yeah, I mean, I knew what that was in. So like as long as I do this, I'm gonna be open. Guys, right. just the game of football. If you're if if you see a zone. And you know what the zone is. You know exactly where to sit in. You're going to catch the ball. You're going to be open. It's going it like <laughs> it's one of them things. It's like he just understands the game of football, and he puts in the work um, as a route technician to put himself in the best position to get open and separation when he does have a man-to-man situation. But like in terms of just understanding, all right, well, leverage, how to get open. Uh, I don't need to put all of my energy into this break because the next one's the one that's going to I'm going to catch the ball on. You know, like just. Just simple stuff like that and, and understanding defensive schemes and coverages, um, scouting report stuff, that's what makes it so easy. That's why he's so great. And uh, he rarely drops passes. <laughs> he has great yeah. So um, that's that's just really – it's really just as simple as that. He just understands the game of football. You can see it in the way he plays. And that's what makes it so easy for him and so simple. And why I can't understand why people keep trying to argue with me that DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson is better than him. But we're, that's – you know, we're going to let Shantice have that one. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the, the guy that, that, you know, is so system-oriented and, and, and can't do without the system, but you can clearly see each week that he's just a better receiver than those guys. But, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, since you brought up – shout-out, Shantese. We had him on one week. But since you brought up the Panthers, I think I'm, I think we're going to probably end on this note. 
Uh, Sterling, what is going on with the Panthers? Is I hear the, the fans are saying fire Matt Rule. Seems like Cam Newton ain't playing his best. Is it Cam's fault? Is it Matt Rule's fault? But what and y'all Panther uh Sterling is a big Panthers fan, so he's the perfect person to ask this question. What is going on with the Panthers? So we thought when Cam came back, we got wins again. Like what what's happening? I didn't. I never thought that. That was Shanti's. I said <laughs> I said from the jump, this is a money grab. This is get people get butts in seats, move, and it's not Cam's fault that that's what it was. Because the, the roster was never good. Well, not even say it was never good, but the main parts of the roster that would have made us elevate to a, to a standard to where we could potentially play in the playoffs or be in the playoff hunt was not good enough for that, particularly the offensive line. Now, let's look at – there's bad offensive lines in the league, but let's look at some of them. Not, well, maybe not bad offensive lines, but there's, there's average to maybe good offensive lines. But they can at least do one thing good. Like Buffalo, for example. Buffalo can't run block to save their life, but they can pass block. Yeah. <laughs> Panthers can't do neither. <laughs> we, can't, we can't run block. We can't pass block. We, I mean, same thing with Baltimore. Baltimore can't pick up zero blitz to save their life. But, but goodness, if, you, if they start going downhill and they're running down your throat, you can't do nothing about it. You know, at least off, there's offensive lines that can do one thing good and one thing that's not as good. But, you know, they, but it's not, they're not doing both things bad. That's the offensive line. We do both things bad. <laughs> so that's, <laughs> that's, that's one of them. Um, and, again, I never, came in think, I never came in expecting Cam to come in and win X amount of games because one, not, no one person has ever won X amount of games in the football game to ever exist in football. That's just, it's, just a, it's an 11-on-11 sport. You need 11 people in the field. You need your special teams. You need, you need everything, all right? It's particularly the game in Miami where people was getting on them. It was like, oh, he got benched and da-da-da-da. I'm like, you forget there's a special teams block momentum happens the special teams gave up a, a freaking block punt touchdown that just can't happen if you're trying to win football games so um there's the so there's the offensive line uh secondly uh our defenses fell apart when it comes to uh, getting off the field on third and long i don't understand what it is i'd rather be in third and three with our defense than third and 15 because if it's third and 15 he's going to convert i don't understand <laughs> the back end I don't know what is happening up front. Either we're not getting fast enough to the, to the quarterback or what, but watching, but since I don't know if it was the Dallas game or what, but it's been moments where we have just simply just not gotten off the field on third and long. I mean, forget third and three, third and two, third, you know, manageable. It's been third and nines, tens, 11s, 14s, where teams are just converting and, and just killing us. And then, you know, finishing drives out. Um, in situations where momentum could maybe flip if you got the field there, get Cam the ball back, things maybe could happen, but it's not going to happen if you didn't get off the field. It's just not going to happen. So the inability to get off the field on third and longs have killed us. Um, I think we can attribute that to also J.C. being out because J.C. was looking like a really, really, really great good cornerback early in the season before he broke his foot at Houston. Um, and I think we can attribute some of that to, to that happening. So, uh, and then, we you know, we had to sign some guys like C.J. Henderson and Stephon Gilmore and um, who are great, great cornerbacks, but obviously our issues are in the back end at safety. And with us always rolling chin up, you know, to help in linebacker play, it's not working out as well. So that's that. Um, let's see, that, I, that was, I, was uh, I went off his line, can't get off the field. Uh, what, what's next? Um, Let me ask you just this camera turn next season. I don't know. I don't know if Cam wants to return to Carolina next season. Really? Uh, 
and this will be the one thing because I tried to hold off on this, right? I tried to hold off on this um, because I was like, you know, give it some time. But, you know, the one thing that Shantice maybe have been right about, maybe, <laughs> maybe, because he's wrong about a lot, but he <laughs> might have been, he might have been right about this rule, about this Matt Rule thing. And one and one for one, I'm not saying that I was ever with hiring Matt Rule because I was not really the biggest like, oh, yeah, so you got from Baylor. That wasn't my thought process. But I was just of the mindset of, all right, give the guy three years because that's usually the timeline with, with, with coaches is you give them three years and at the third year after you don't see any improvement, you cut them off and you fire them. And we're in year two. And I personally think people like Sean T's had too high of expectations for this team because I could see the glaring issues that we had offensive line-wise, um, <laughs> secondary-wise with safeties. If anything, I would put it more maybe on the GM. Yeah. More so than rule the coach because he's, you know, going what he's doing. But he started to do some things that he just can't do as a head coach. Uh, started the finger point, uh, deflecting blame, um, all the things that, you know, when he was initially hired were things that were supposed to be green, you know, things that were not expected of him in terms of pointing fingers, saying, oh, well, this is that because of this and kind of, you know, blaming, putting blame elsewhere and not kind of just being the coach that, you know, like a Mike Tomlin that takes responsibility for everything, even if it's not his fault. So he started to do stuff like that. And I also just don't understand why he's not making certain adjustments when it comes to um, it, it seems like they're, they're my biggest problem with rule right now is that we don't seem to have an actual plan in place for anything. So let's assume, you know, Darnold started three and no. Then we saw the, the last whatever games, his mechanics started to fall apart again. He, he was too, he wasn't, um, he wasn't in rhythm in terms of getting to his drops. Um, be, you know, he wasn't working with, you know, the offensive scheme, whatever, maybe wasn't present, pre, pre, uh, presenting what it needed to for him to be as successful. And you still want to go to him next year because, you, you know, you traded for him and you say you're going to ride him out for two years. So why bring him in a meaningless game against a Tampa Bay Buccaneers team that you're going to lose to <laughs> and risk him getting even more hurt after just coming off of IR with something with something in his throwing shoulder. I, I just don't understand the, the logic there. It, the math ain't mad then with that. When it, it, that's supposed to be your, your guy going in the next year, you say, all right, this will be my third year. We're going to get this thing right. Don't do that. You don't just leave Cam out there. Let Cam be your quarterback for the rest of the year because that's what all the Panthers fans want anyway. They don't want to see Darnold. When he checked into the game, he was getting booed. Yeah, I saw that. It, it did look kind of rough. I was like, you know what I'm saying? Like, just don't do that. Like, there don't, there don't seem, there no longer seems to be a plan. I could last year I could see the plan in place. You play well, play competitive football, maybe still lose some close games with Brit. You know, maybe not pay Teddy, but you know, you still lose some close games. Get a high draft pick, take the guy you want, go forward. Now I don't know what the plan could possibly be. Um, personally, what I would do is. Get some offensive alignment first. Just keep camp, sign camp to another minimum. I would personally just start cam, honestly. Or and it's kind of be like cam. We probably we might not win. You can try to win, um, but we'll just work. See what you can do with this. <laughs> you know, see what you can do. We might win. Uh, I wouldn't pay DJ more. Uh, the amount of money he might be asking for whenever he's probably asked for. He might want something around. I'm trying to think of a receiver that may he might say, okay, this should be my asking price. More than Robbie? Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna want more than Robbie, but he's he's probably gonna ask for like 
I'm trying to think of somebody that you know might be in that range. I don't know who it would be right now. Fourteen million a year. We think he don't need to be nowhere near no Odell money. <laughs> he don't need to be nowhere near even maybe even Cooper Cup money to me. Honestly, he don't need to be nowhere near what Debo finna make because Debo finna break the bank. Uh, uh, <laughs> Debo, yeah. Debo finna, Debo finna break. Debo finna do what Le'Veon Bell tried to do a couple years ago. Legitimately. What year did Debo? I mean, uh, what round did he get drafted anyway? Second. Was he? I'm thinking of the teams that probably passed on him. Was he? I guess he had a little bit of injuries in, but in uh, uh, college, but he's pretty much done. If not, what he did at Carolina, he's a little bit more. He's about to break. He's about to break the bank, but he don't need nothing like that, um, personally. And I, I think these are. I think these are good player, but it seems like I remember one time Matt Scottman used this analogy. <laughs> he seems to have empty calorie stats. Like I see DJ Moore's gotten a thousand yards. It hasn't amounted to any wins. Okay, like, <laughs> like what? It doesn't seem impactful to me. Like, yeah, you got a thousand, but like in what two, thirty, three, four, five games a year of thirty point loss? Like, what? Like, we're not. You're not changing the game for us. You felt the impact of Justin Jefferson. You felt the impact of Jamar Chase. You felt the impact of. Um, Michael Pittman Jr. in Indianapolis. You can feel when those guys are catching the ball and doing stuff in games. I'm not feeling when DJ Moore does anything. He just seems to be catching the ball, and we're still, <laughs> we're just here. So, you know what I'm saying? It's like you look like, at this, it's like you look at the stats. It's like, oh, he's got a, he got a thousand yards this year. It's like win. You know what I'm saying? You got to look at that. Like, exactly. Yeah. I'm just like, what? I felt more of an impact from Shaw Smith catching the 55-yard pass yesterday than I felt in all of DJ Moore's catches in the last three years. Like, I, and you know, and his hands are suspect at times. So I, I personally would just say, look, guys, there's not a QB in this year's draft. Go offensive line, sign him in the offseason, uh, go and start there. Get Cam back to another one. It was, it was I don't know, it's one or two years. Get Cam back to another one year. All right. Say, Cam, we're going to play you out. Darn, we're going to just flat out cut you. I don't want to pay you this 18 mil. All right. I can't, we can't afford to, we cannot afford to do that. All right. Cam will do it. Cam will stick it out. If we give Cam a three year deal and say, Cam, we're going to give you a three year, actually, yeah, no. Matter of fact, give him a three year deal. All right. Give him a three year deal. Right. Next year's draft, I don't see a quarterback, honestly, this year that I like. Next year? Oh, there's plenty of them. We got CJ, Bryce, maybe Jaden Daniels. Um. Oh God, I'm 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 blanking. But those are three right there, and one of them probably gonna slip because you're not NFL scouts get. So take them, Cam. You got two more years left. Let one of them guys sit behind Cam for a year. At that point in time, you should have O line solidified. You should have paid the guys on defense. You need to pay like Jeremy Chin, Jace. Uh, maybe not. JC wouldn't have to be up at that point. But Jeremy Chin, Brian Burns. Uh, if Derrick Brown gets out together, you pay Derrick Brown. Sell Shaq Thompson. You might have to end up trading him, depending on if he wants another big contract or not, because he's going to be starting to get old. But you could, but you could keep him as well. Um, go sign and uh, draft some, draft you some safeties, please, or or get somebody from somewhere. Yeah. All right. So at that point in time, when the new QB steps in after three years of Cam and Cam and Cam mentoring him for you know whatever years whether that be two because you know assuming next year would be his you give him three years or whatever all right now he steps into a good situation with a good old line uh different receivers probably but you're not overpaying any of them to be playing football like you would be having to overpay dj Moore probably to keep him there um into the defense that can that can carry him as a young quarterback and now you're in business 
Now you got something. Would you rather, business. Would you rather spend that first round pick this year on that offense line or that safety? Because I'm pretty sure that safety from Notre Dame should be coming out this year. So he'll be I, a, I, a, whatever the best offensive lineman on the whoever the best old lineman on the board, get him. And move <laughs> and, and one more thing with rule. All right, move that boy back to tackle. Uh Christensen, please do not play him at guard. What like, he's a tack, he's a tackle. He is a tackle. He's an NFL tackle. Move that boy to tackle. Get you a center. Get you a guard. Um, whether that I, I say go get you a veteran center and then draft a really talented guard. And now you're in business. <laughs> Work with them for sure. Not, yeah, now you're in business. But I, I yeah, that that's the one thing where like I'm like, all right, Tease, maybe you got me a rule there. But I was never I was never like an advocate for let's hire a rule. I was just like, let's give the man some time. Because our roster is not as good as maybe you think it is. Yeah. But I'll say this. If we fire him, there's one guy I would love to go get. And his name is Jim Caldwell. Where's Jim at right now? He's nowhere. He got fired. He got fired from Detroit for no absolutely no reason. So he's kind of just – if we go get Jim Caldwell, I'm, I'm happy. You like Jim? What do you like about Jim that you think he could fit with the Panthers organization? <laughs> I, me and Kyra talked about this the other day. He worked with the Detroit Lions. That's all you need to know. <laughs> the Detroit Lions were, were – were, you could talk about them. They were, they were winning 10 games, 10, 11 games. Detroit, the same Detroit Lions team that messed it up with, with the best talent they had in Calvin Johnson, and yeah. he still was winning games. The same Detroit Lions team where if Des Bryant doesn't convince the ref that a catch isn't a catch, they beat Dallas on the road and is advancing into the NFC playoffs. <laughs> Like that, that Jim Caldwell. That's all you got to know about Jim Caldwell. So, I, so with some I, decent resources, he could definitely make some things happen. Oh yeah. Um. So it's it's uh. <laughs> that would be my if they do fire rule. That would be my guy, Jim Caldwell. I would. I understand people wanting to get the hot shot, not hot shot, but you know, make the splash, Airbnb me higher. But that's not what we need. We need a veteran. <laughs> A guy that's going to hold it down, understands the NFL really well, things like we need that. I mean, and, and Eric's a veteran too, but I don't think what he's going to want to implement is what we have for him, so it's not going to work. Jim Caldwell, Jim Caldwell is the guy I think to come in and make this thing work if we fire a rule. So yeah, it's like all so all fits aren't a perfect fit. It's like it, it, he could be great someplace else, but maybe not exactly here. And let me just mention this because we about to have to wrap this thing up. Did want to mention Joe Burrow been following him a little bit. They beat the Ravens. That was not fully equipped yesterday, but nonetheless, they could beat the Ravens with the final score of 41 to 21. The Bengals are now nine and six. Joe Burrow had a huge day in the air, uh, 37 for 46 for 525 yards and four touchdowns. Kind of feels like he's back at uh, LSU. T. Higgins had a massive day, uh, 12 receptions, 194 yards and two touchdowns. Jamar Chase had seven receptions, 125 yards. And just wanted to give this quick stat about um, – the Bengals team this season, uh, they've had successfully had a 4,000 yard passer, 1,000 yard rusher, and 2,000 yard receivers, all 25 or younger in the same season. This rarely ever happens. Uh, Joe Burrow has 4,165 yards on the year. Joe Mixon, the running back, the guy out of Alabama, I mean, out of Oklahoma a couple years back, he had 1,159 yards so far this season. You got Jamar Chase with 1,163 yards and T. Higgins with, with uh, 1,029 yards. So I, I'm a big Joe Burrow fan, so I love the fact what he's doing up there in the AFC North with the Bengals. Sterling has other opinions. Uh, Sterling, what, what, what is your thoughts about this Bengals team or Joe Burrow individually? 
I like Joe Burrow a lot. That's not my problem with Cincinnati in the, uh, when they turn into playoffs. I like their skill players a lot. I even like the defense. I even like, you know, Jesse Bates. They got really good players. I like I like what Cincinnati has. But when the playoffs come in the AFC, and you're telling me they're about to play either, let's see who's in that picture, Baltimore again maybe, because, you know, Chargers are just folding because analytics sucks, as we all know. Um, so you're saying they might have to play Baltimore maybe again, New England, Indianapolis maybe. Um, any of those teams, right? Um, for one, I feel like the next time they play, if they have to play Baltimore again, uh, it certainly won't go the way it went uh, this time. I expect, you know, Lamar should be back by then. Baltimore be motivated because Harbaugh's a great coach. Um, but teams like New England, uh, Indy, who's that, who else in that picture? I'm, I'm blank. Tennessee. Um, goodness gracious. Uh, Buffalo, Kansas City. I feel like there's one more division leader I'm missing. But um You already say New England? I did say New England, but I'm missing one more. I can't think of who I'm missing. But those teams are all gonna, you know, there's an offensive line issue in Cincinnati still that exists because you know the guy they took Jackson Carmen, I think he'd been hurt for a couple of weeks. Um, he might still be out, but uh that old line for Cincinnati, I just feel like they're going to fold when it comes when it comes to playoff time. That's just my only thing with them. And when Burrow's getting hit a little too much. That would be what stalls the rest of those you know, great those great skill players they have um, around them, and it, you know it is it is fine because that's one of the things where they have to address in the off season. But I just feel like that's what's going to end up stalling Cincinnati. They're going to play a team like Tennessee or whatever that's going to get after them interior in the interior, uh, really get in Burrow's face and be able to play great coverage on the backside, um, or a team like you know the Colts where you know they got great defensive linemen, a really great linebacker in Darius Leonard. And they're going to just give them fits up front. So it's just one of those type of things. But uh, they look really good headed to the future, at least. Uh, they'll make the playoffs. I'm sure that, I think they'll win a division. So they should have a home, you know, division playoff game, which would be good for them, be exciting for them. But I think they're going to just run into a really bad matchup up front, defensive line versus offensive line wise. It's going to stall those guys that, you know, they got to get the ball to because Burrow would better give them the ball. He'll be on his butt the whole game. So, but I mean, look, but they're doing really good work. I like Burrow. I'm happy. That, I'm happy that he looks as healthy as he does, given that awful injury he had last year. Yeah, he, he definitely should win Comeback Player of the Year. I feel like um, this year, 100. percent Um, unless there's anybody else I'm missing off the top of my head, but he should definitely, I think, get Comeback Player of the Year. after that, I think he tore his MCL, ACL, P, like he tore basically everything. He tore a lot of stuff, and he was back in like record time rehabbing. They weren't expecting like the progression that he was able to do in such a quick period of time. Yeah. So. Shout out Joe Burrow. They were saying us on the show. They're like, if you all you gotta do is put that varsity jacket on, he looks like the bully. He's like, <laughs> like back in like uh saved by the bell or something like that. Yeah. But I, I like what I've seen from Cincinnati this year. I just think the offensive line's gonna what hold them up in the playoffs, but that's all right. But they but they've they've had a great season. They they've done well. Yeah, so he got the weapons. All he gotta do is get that offensive line fixed, and it definitely brought some new life into Cincinnati. But, yeah. y'all, that is all we have for y'all for this week. Sterling, appreciate you coming on. Kind of hit him last minute, him this morning, like, Sterling. Hey, man, Ohio, Ohio getting a little lit right now, man. I mean, the, the have you noticed the caps are good? Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. It's been, it's been kind of crazy right now. So, things are just working in Ohio in that direction. Hopefully, my Buckeyes can bring home the Rose Bowl. 
and I'll be happy about that. Yeah. Hey, hey, don't don't rule out LeBron James. My mess around and request a trade. <laughs> the funniest thing I saw was never they had LeBron walking back to the locker room, and everybody says, "I know that walk." That means everybody yeah, that's... but LeBron. <laughs> that's the I'm done with this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, when LeBron look when there's five seconds left, and they they, they start following LeBron into the tunnel. <laughs> oh my God! I, I don't know, man. I. This might be the worst. I, I usually don't feel bad for LeBron because usually I'd be like, man, LeBron, this kind of happened. This is kind of your backlash for, for what you, you know, have created in the NBA. But it's like, it's like, man, I feel bad for him. This like, this is this is crazy, man. <laughs> He's dropped. I think they played Phoenix and he dropped like thirty eight, and they lost by twenty. <laughs> so Christmas Day, and he and they were down by twenty in the fourth quarter. And then he drops 39 and 7 and 8, and then all for just Westman to get hung on the rim. I'm just like, God, dog, he can't get to break, man. And it's like, meanwhile, in Golden State, they are having a blast out there. It's on the same yeah. state up in the oh. valley. They're going crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Golden State and Phoenix are going to be a great Western Conference Finals. Yeah, yeah that's, they were saying that's kind of the preview. You think Golden, you think Phoenix can get the win this year, or you think Golden State, when they get fully loaded with Klay Thompson, will be able to kind of push over that? I, I'm not going to lie to you, man. I still have – I still feel like Phoenix got a really, really great shot at winning. But the one thing they're missing – I think they're missing one more big guy. Like, like I like I like DeAndre Aiden. I like JaVale McGee. They're big. They're, they can dunk. They, they're great on defense. They can, you know, they can move their feet. They can switch off and move their feet. I think they need one of those big guys that just bullies people, kind of yeah. wears people out for a game. I think they, they like, they need one more. They, they need, like, if, if, if Phoenix was to go get Tristan Thompson, it's, as weird as that sounds, like, to throw his name out there, it's like they need one of those dudes just to bully Golden State for a game, you know, or a game or two. And just kind of be one of those thorns and be the energizer for the home crowd. Cause that's what like Tristan Thompson's not a bad like that's what he does. He he's he goes out, he's he's he goes out there and he kind of bullies people around. He knows he's not gonna score much, but he's gonna dunk, play, you know, really high energy defense and kind of bully for a game. He can go big with him because he's going to get offensive rebounds. He's a really great offensive rebounder. And that's like Golden State already has that in two different guys with Draymond. And uh, Kavon, and maybe not Kavon Looney, but at least with Draymond, they already have a dude like that. That's supposed that's the wear out bully people guy, but he also just happens to be the guy that brings the ball to court can facilitate all that stuff. I don't know if Phoenix has that dude to just muck it up. Like they have Jay Crowder on the wing, but I have that dude in the paint. Yeah, that, that presence, that big man presence. It's ugly, yeah. Like so, but you know, skill player for skill player, Phoenix matches up with them. So that's why I just think. It, and but then you know, go to state, they're gonna get Clay back and. Jordan pulled back and <sighs> it's just like you look at I, I think Austin Rivers made a uh, he had a comment and it was like yeah Golden State's looking real good and I'm gonna be honest I'm sick of it because <laughs> it seems like they're back again yeah it's like <laughs> I'm sick of those guys <laughs> we didn't know how this is gonna go it's like is this the fall off and it's like no Steph had a obviously had a great off season the rest of the team been rocking and rolling Steph looks big, like, like, Steph in 2015, 16, when they lost those finals, or no, 15, when he lost, no, 16, when he lost the finals, you could look at him and be like, man, Steph's getting bumped a lot, he can, he can fight through these screens, 
that is that is dead now. Like Steph is big. He is he his arm like you can see the amount of weight he put on. I'm like, yeah, that's gonna be a different animal to stop. You you I don't know what you can do about that. Like <laughs> and what did he say? He said he don't it's not even about making the shots anymore. Nowadays in practice, it's gotta be all net. So Steph's yeah. on a whole different mode. Are we looking at an early MVP, you think? <sighs> see, that's the thing. Steph's the MVP candidate. Um KD's right there with him because there's nobody expect. I, I'm not gonna lie, I didn't expect the Nets to be a one seed considering all things going on with Kyrie and how their roster was constructed. But KD's been playing lights out. Uh, I think CP, I think Devin Booker and CP3 is right there with him. Um, I think even uh, Nikola Jokic is right there with him. Jokic is still playing great ball, but if I had to pick one right now, it'd probably have to be Steph. It'd probably be Steph. Right so now. Steph is definitely the trendy name. But all right, so let's go ahead and get off this because I think we're about at an hour-ish. Oh, my God. I know God. People, people, you know, got kind of short attention spans. We appreciate y'all, <laughs> we appreciate y'all for listening. I'm my rant on the Panthers. That's probably the big one. No, yeah. I definitely, I'm definitely going to get some clips out of that. Be back next week to talk about what might, might have you and Thomas on next week if you're free and have y'all kind of wrap up what y'all saw from the playoff and obviously heading into the national championship game. So everybody stay tuned. If After listening to this, uh, and then obviously after the games are over, if Sterling predicted wrong, make sure you hit him up on Twitter and let him know. <laughs> Sterling, what's your Twitter? Is it like Sterl underscore 25? Is that it? This, it's a, I think I'm pretty sure that's it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's it. Are you, you've been on his, what'd you say? Let me check real quick. Yeah, check. that's it. You've been on here so much, I didn't memorize now. If Sterling's <laughs> wrong, y'all make sure y'all hit him up. If you don't like his points, Sterling will battle you on Twitter. I've seen him do it many times. Uh, make sure you follow, or hit me up on Twitter at Matt the Chosen number one, or follow the show's Instagram account. We Instagram, mostly by visual, at uh, Matt Sports House. It's two S's, one in the Matt, and the other one beginning at Sports House. That is all we have for you all. Peace. When we could be superstars. We've been rather wrecking cars. April is that jambo. What does that say?